What's up? Thank you for joining the Johnny Taco Show Origin Stories. Today we have Life Laid Down. You know, it's an awesome day when you get the invitation. So we're going to start off with the King's Invitation, one of the many songs that they have in store for us as we get down and get ready to worship. Let's get this show started. And this is Origin. Origin. Creeping in all black They come up missing if they hit the block We ain't tripping bro, they off top Load up 66 inside the clip and let it loose Turn that T to a crop top Yeah, time to get back to the business Ay, me and my brothers, we witness Oh, these people disturb You think they was down with a sickness the way they was tripping uh, Time to bring them all the truth The spirit of Christ, holy fire consume Removing that pride, the ego aside No, the pressure applied, we enter the room Know we gon' slide LMG gang in the building, we vibe, we giving them Back to pieces, he breaking them chains, laying burdens aside. I lay to my life, kingdom of heaven, I'm earning my stripes. I don't know, block every day, every night. They seeing this sword, you would think I'm a knight. But spiritual fight, still a lot of mine, it's been shining bright. We follow his words, forget what you heard, man. The hate is absurd, finna end of the night. I ain't seeing no ops, tunnel vision, brain making no stops. Running this race, better keep up the pace, man. We covered in grace, time to bring in the crops. Talking a block on a demon, and we ain't talking about no scat packs. Got twin glocks and they beaming. Red dots will put their caps back. My spiritual ops get to creeping. Read Isaiah 54 and stop that. We got victory in Jesus. Hop in the vert and throw the top back. Yeah. Uh, hop in the vert and throw the top back. Oh. Yeah. Somebody tell them they don't want that. Yeah. Hey. Open up the word and watch them fall back. They came in swinging like a ball bat. Open up that word and watch them fall back. All right, welcome back. That was Fallback by my man D-Rock, and he is here today. Well, not here. We are electric. Uh, he's E here. There, that's that's the proper <laughs> word. And if it's not a word, I will make it a word. E here. All right, what's up, D-Rock? How you doing, bro? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, brother. I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Hey, I'm living. This is actually a pleasant weather outside, and I'm stuck inside a studio. Which, after this interview, I'm going out, and because my wife and I were 
we're we're trying to be live a less stressful life. So she bought yeah. plants, and I <laughs> and I have to put together everything. So and and the uh, the instructions are in a different language, and I'm like, this is not helping my stress level. <laughs> How is this? How is this living a stressless life when you're uh, yeah. when you're putting together stuff like that? And then um, you have to do the right pH balance and all this stuff, and and it's just it's crazy. But hey, she loves it, and I love my wife, so that's all that matters. Hey, there you go. So um, you're out of Illinois, right? Yeah, I live in Illinois, and um, that 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 right there is a huge hip hop scene. Um, am, am I correct about it? Yeah. Illinois has got pretty, pretty decent sized hip hop scene. Um, I'm originally from Florida. So both places that I've been have pretty, pretty prominent hip hop scenes. So, and, and that's what you grew up on, right? Um, how old are you? I'm 32, 32. So you grew up on the, the 2000 hip hop scene, right? The, yeah. the, um, was it P Diddy and you know, yeah. Yeah, I grew up on some of that stuff. I, I was more on like the little boosie and it was more of the South side stuff. You know what I mean? Like the, the Southern, Southern rap and stuff like that. The Paul wall. And yeah. Paul wall, Mike Jones, chameleon, you know, all them guys. Yeah. Yeah. Chameleon there. Yeah. I remember when all that stuff started, uh, young Jeezy, you know, I remember all them guys growing up. Yeah. And, and, and they, um, there was a specific way how they how they produced their music and how the music flew, how how it flowed, and then like East Coast or West Coast kind of kind of yeah. vibe, and it just set it off. It set it off for the whole swerving area yeah. and 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 all the what chopped and screwed. Yeah, the chopped and screwed and stuff like that. They did a lot of that stuff. I actually I I, I dabbled around with that a little bit back in the day. I got my little my little mixer board here. I play around with it every now and then. So. You know, uh, I got to hear some of that old stuff, man, because that, that, <laughs> that just gave me like some, uh, you know, remembrance, some deja vu, some some of that kickback when you just, just yeah. uh, sit down, barbecue and just listen to music and just enjoy, you know, fellowship with with your brothers and and your sister, Definitely. and your family. You have that family, that family picnic out in the, in the <laughs> backyard, you know. Yeah, but uh you know that just that just it, it just uh it's something about it having that old school hip-hop and just sitting down and just relaxing oh yeah so uh, some old school so um your your hip-hop heritage uh when you when you you grew up listening to it um as as a kid uh was it was it more secular or did you ever uh go into uh the christian hip-hop age like you know toby mack well, growing up, um, I didn't even really know that there was a, so I, I found out what secular music was about eight years ago. I didn't know that. I just thought music was music. I went to a, a Christian rehab facility and actually met some people there and they only allowed you to listen to Christian music. So they're like, Oh, you can't listen to secular music. And I'm like, secular music, what are you talking about? They're like, you know, like music with cussing and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So for like before that, I didn't really know anything about it. Most of what I grew up on was, was all secular music, you know, Tupac and Biggie and, and all the stuff from my brothers, DMX, you know, like I grew up on all that stuff. Yeah. And but then my, Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, you know, I grew up with that too, but I even grew up earlier, too short. Um, you know, I had uh, Dr. Dre, oh, you yeah. know, back in the day, NWA. I had uh, yeah, I Public, Enemy, Public Enemy, Public um, Enemy, you know, 
just just way back uh was it man that was like early 90s stuff i'm a little bit older than you i'm like maybe 16 years older than you so you're you're about yeah, like absolutely. 3 years 3 years older than my oldest daughter man i'm feeling so old okay. Man. <laughs> but, no, it's all good. So I got, I was blessed to have two brothers who are quite a bit older than me. My brother Rick is 10 years older than me and my brother Todd's 15 years older than me. So one of them was really on the hip hop side. So I got all that old NWA and all that old stuff from him. And then my other brother was more on the rock side with like Nirvana and, and, and Jimi Hendrix and all the old, old rock and metal and stuff. So I got, I got the best of both worlds from them. And then my dad with, you know, classic rock and stuff like that. So I got a little bit of everything. <laughs> so, so it's like a, you were, you were well-bred in, in music, you know, you had, Oh yeah. And then, then you got the Cypress Hill, which was on both spectrums of rock and, uh, on rap too. So, you know, there, there were back in the, back in that day, it, it was a great, it was, it was blurred because you, you had hip hop artists mm-hmm. performing on and rock concerts with, a. With people such as corn and all that, so you had it, it was it wasn't as segregated as it is today, and I, and unfortunately I had to use the word segregated because that's what that's what's happening now, unfortunately, you know, and it's a separation, yeah, it's a separation, and that's what the the enemy wants. The enemy wants separation because uh, separated we're we're powerless, but together we're powerful. We're where uh, one strand of uh, twine is not as strong as a full set of rope. So, yeah. So, us as. Because we're all entwined together. Yep. See? We're on the same wavelength, man. We're, we're a little bit away, <laughs> well, eight hours away, but we're on the same wavelength. So, growing up, um, yeah. listening to Secular, you know, how, how was your life back then, you know, with your family and, and uh, going through school? Growing up, it was a little bit different. So like my parents went to church and stuff when I was younger, um, but it was more of just like a routine thing. Every Sunday they'd go to church and stuff. And and I didn't really have a faith of my own. I just kind of, I went about my business. I listened to a lot of different secular music and things like that, three, six mafia and stuff. And and a lot of that stuff's vulgar and all it talks about is, you know, selling drugs and, and women and, and just chasing that, that lifestyle. And, uh, seeing my brother, my brother was, uh, was a drug dealer at the time. And, um, I kind of looked up to him, you know, and, uh, I started doing the things he was doing. You know, I started smoking, I started drinking, I started getting involved in the stuff, selling stuff. And, and it was just a revolving cycle. So, I mean, mixed with the influence of, of him and the influence of the music and my own aspirations of wanting to be like that, you know, um, it it led me into uh, some troubles. So, yeah. So, and, and you know what, I lived that life too. You know, there's no shame in our past life. That past life is dead. But um, going through that, was that was that because you were looking to, like you said, you were looking to belong, right? You wanted to fit in. You wanted to to live like your brother. You kind of idolized your brother, right? In this in this in the speak, you know, you wanted to be just like yeah. him. And uh, yeah, to, in a sense, I wanted to be like him. Yeah. So you wanted that closeness with your brother. Uh, so you, you pretty much went on the same path as him, uh, living that life. Uh, it must've had a lot of ups because, you know, you live on the, on the world, you know, you get those spikes where you just shooting straight up happiness, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that euphoria, you know, uh, as they say, 
but there, there's that crashing down. But, uh, you know, you were living that life where it was just shooting up because it was, it was so much, um, going on. It, it was that touch feel, all that sensation that you can feel, but you were missing one thing, right? You're missing the faith of it all, the relationship with God. Yeah. So did you, did you start feeling empty? And then with the, the emptiness, you started adding on more. You started excelling into your, that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, honestly, yeah, it, it kind of spiraled down into it. So it started, I was about 12. My mom and my dad fought a lot growing up and stuff like that. They had a separation around 12 and that was where I really rebelled against kind of everybody. And then when my dad left and it was just my mom, my mom worked all the time. So my brother, like you said, my brother became like a father figure slash idol type um, to me. He was somebody that I looked up to. I wanted to be like him and, and the things that he was doing. I saw those things and I, I emulated it. I did it myself like I said. And, um, yeah, it, it led me into to more and more things because of the, the, the emptiness that I felt inside. I kept trying to fill this void, whether it was money or it was, it was drugs or it was girls, whatever the, whatever the thing it was at that moment. And, uh, the more, the more I dug deeper, the more empty I felt. And it, it led me to getting locked up and, and doing a bunch of other things I'm not proud of, but yeah. 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 And I've talked to many people, um, along the way I've talked to, uh, pastors who, before they were pastors, they were drug dealers. They were, they were gangbangers. You know, they, they did stuff that would, that would make, um, a, a Christian who's always been a Christian 24, seven, 365 days. The one that thinks they're, they're the perfect Christian that, that would make them blush. And then people would look at them and say, you know what? I don't see that pastor. I, I never, you know, I can't see you as being a gangbanger. I can't see you as being a fornicator or a porn, a porn addict or something like that. It's because when you, when you choose the life of God to be that, that relationship with Jesus, that's the new you, the, the, like, what was it? T.I. used to say that old man, that man is gone and yeah, dead and gone. Yeah, dead and gone. You know, and that, and that's what, that's what you do. You, you shed that old life. You kill that man and you bury him and you become this new creation. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, 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 and with that, you get a, a new sense of, enjoyment a new sense of life and um people people look at that and they're like well you know that's only shortcoming but uh you know unfortunately a lot of people that 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 uh find not a lot of people but a, a small amount of people that find god in the prison system they they go back to prison because you know they you know, that's where they're used to, but there, there are a, a lot of awesome people that, that actually were lost that were in prison for doing stupid things. Yeah. I had to say stupid because yeah. <laughs> you weren't thinking uh, Christ-like you were, you were thinking with the, the, with the, how the world looks and um, mm -hmm. you go through there, you, you pay your time. And I think uh, being in prison, it's good for people that who are lost, you know, if they're, if they're gone, they, they pay the price because you, you get set with the Bible. You get to read yeah. the Bible 300 or, or how, however long you're, you're, you're in 
uh, incarceration. Is that where yeah. you found found God was through incarceration or? See, in, in those places, you get a lot of time to reflect and a lot of time to, to think about things. Um, I didn't go in there with a, with a goal of doing anything like that, but I started, I started reading, um, in my times when I got locked up, I, I ended up getting myself into a lot of trouble in there. Um, I, I got in trouble one time triple tagged, which means you have to be three point restrained no matter where you go. So even when I was shower and I had to have, I could have one arm free, everything else was three point shackled. Uh, I got into a fight and an officer got in the middle of it and got hit. And, uh, they, they said that I, I basically beat up an officer is how they made it look. And so they put me in confinement for like 11 months is what I ended up sitting there waiting until the court dates and stuff. And, um, when I was locked up in there, I had a lot of time to read and, uh, I got some books that people brought me and stuff. And, uh, I started studying different religions. I didn't, I didn't immediately go to Christianity, you know what I mean? Because I, I grew up on it. So I started looking into other things. I mean, I looked into Norse, Norse religions, pagan religions. I looked into, um, um Buddhism, Taoism. I went, I just, I wanted to read, I wanted to know and, and, and study and, and know that what I believed was what I believed. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to just base it off of something that somebody told me or, or, or what I grew up on as a kid. And every time that I, the, the further that I dug, the more I was led back to scripture. And, um, I, I made plans when I was in prison to, to try to get right when I came home. But when everything happened and I came home, everything flipped upside down. It was, it was a test and, uh, and I failed it miserably. I, I went into a, a binge. I got started getting high and doing stuff that I, I shouldn't have been doing. And, uh, I went down this revolving cycle and, and almost killed myself. You know, I was, I was just burying myself in this stuff because of what happened, uh, when I was locked up. So when I got home and after all this stuff went down, I got locked up and I felt like it was God giving me an opportunity, he pulled me back out of the situation and was like, now take a, take a step back and look at it. After all the things that you wanted to do when you left prison, look at where you're at. And, uh, I sat in there for about four months. And when I came home, I made a decision while I was in there, my first week in there, after I came down off everything, I had an encounter with Christ. Um, I was in my cell. It was like two o'clock in the morning. Everybody else was sleeping. And I just threw a blanket over my head and I started praying. And I mean, it was raw. It, it, it wasn't like a prayer you'd want to pray in church in front of people. You know, I, I was upset. I was angry. I was sad. I, I had all these emotions, but I felt like God wanted that. And, uh, I laid it out raw. I'm like, God, if, if you're real and this is, you know, this is something that's legit, show me because everything that I've been doing, I've been tearing my life down. Everything I've been doing, I've been ruining myself. So if you're real, show me and, and I'll follow you. I'll do whatever I got to do. And, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll explain more about it here in a little bit, but he, he definitely showed me, uh, he definitely showed me that he was legit, that he was real and, um, that he had a plan for me. So that was, that was where it happened. It was through quite a few times of in and out and, and searching myself. But, um, ultimately I found it back when I got back in, he used that as a place of, of almost like the wilderness. He, it was, it was a place where he, he put me in to kind of put me in check and make me think about things. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And we, we all have that point in our life where we, just sit down and just have a heart to heart talk with our creator, with our father. And, you know, I, I understand what you said that you had that prayer that 
that you were talking to them and there was stuff that you would, wouldn't necessarily say in church because, you know, it's raw. It's, 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 it's a uh, heartfelt, it's emotional. And, and that's the way it should be. It should be emotional because I felt like you, you, you felt like you were, you were lost. You, you felt like God had turned his back on you and said, all right, you know, you did all this bad stuff. You're, you're not redeemable. You felt like you're, you're, um, irredeemable. And, mm-hmm. and it's understanding because I felt that way too. And through, through that life, um, that I lived and I used to curse, I used to curse God for, for, for doing what happened with me and what happened with my ex-wife and what happened with the way I was living, the, the alcohol. I'm like, why are you letting me do this? And then it's just, it's to me now that I, I think about it, cause your hindsight's always 2020, right? Mm-hmm. You look in the back, yeah. you're like, you know what? This was a test. This was me being forged in fire to come yeah. out as a, a beacon, as, as a mouthpiece for God to, to go and to minister. Because if, if you live that life, you can go after you were born new, you can go to that life and you can start bringing people back home. Yeah. So, so with, with that, I knew you idolized your brother earlier on in the conversation. You idolized your brother. You wanted to be like your brother. Uh, has your brother since then uh, turned to Christ? Um, I'm not sure personally um, um, where he stands in his faith. Um, him and I don't really talk a whole lot. Um, some things went down uh, through the years, uh, things that I did, things that he did that kind of pushed us away from each other. Um, we don't really necessarily hold anything against each other. We just, we, we've both got families. We both got kids and we, we don't really stay in contact too much. Um, but he, he's no longer in the lifestyle that he used to have. He, he raises his kids. He owns a company. I mean, he's doing right for his family. He's doing right for himself. Um, I pray that one day I have the opportunity to be able to talk to him about something like that. I know he acknowledges it. His kids go to church and stuff, but he's always struggled with, um, he's always struggled with that spiritual aspect of it. You know, it's always been something that that's been kind of foreign to him. So he, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know his exact reasoning, but he, I don't feel like he's ever really been strong in that aspect of faith. And, you know, it happens to uh, different people at different times. You know, you can you can have a spiritual awakening at four years old or you can have a spiritual awakening at 50. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 the time before you die is 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 the crucial time to get with God, because you're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. If I if I if I pass away tonight, you know, do I know where I'm going? And I do know where I'm going. And that's to the kingdom. That's to embracing in Jesus. And that's what we we try to do as performers, as as media or as social media personalities or or anything is that we we try to. Tell people, you know, we try to explain people the relationship. You got to have a relationship with Jesus. You can, it's not necessarily the rules, because if you live by the law, you're not going to stay on that path with Jesus. You have to have that personal relationship. And that's what I think what happens when you when you put the covers over your head. That's when you started having that relationship with Jesus. That's when you started seeing 
hey, you know what? Jesus loves me. He's there. He's been there the whole time. It's just our free will and our, our temptation, our flesh temptation, sometimes get, get the better of us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's that, that, that evil inside of us. I mean, we were, we were born with it in us since Adam and Eve. I mean, since the, the fall of man, I mean, we, we've got that sin that lives in us, that death that lives in us. And we naturally want to, 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 to go towards those things. So, um, yeah. So with, with this, uh, you becoming, uh, you know, a new creation, um, Yes. When did uh, did you start rapping before you became um before you became saved? Yes. So I used to I used to rap. I never really like released anything or anything like that. It was always just uh it was writing. So from a young age I dealt with uh anxiety and depression and things like that. And one of the ways that I learned to deal with it was writing. Um some of it was was whether it was writing out my days or it was it was writing poetry or creative writing contests that I signed up for, whatever it may have been. I, I just enjoyed writing and putting those thoughts out. And, um, as it progressed and I got older, my, my life started to reflect into my poetry. Some of it was dark poetry. Some of it was positive. And then after my encounter with Christ, you know, I'd, I'd written music before, but after my encounter with Christ, um, God made me realize the gift that he had given me in that poetry writing and the, the ability for the music and it all just kind of came together. And, uh, I felt like it was something that he wanted me to do was to use the gifts that he gave me to, to bring him glory and to, to tell my testimony, to tell my story so that I could use what God did in my life to show other people, Hey, if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. We're not too far gone. You know, at points in times I thought I, I was too far gone, but God showed me that he had a plan. He had a way that was much better than the plan that I had for myself or what I thought that I wanted. So. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Or it's like, well, I had this plan here. I want to do this and that and that. And then God said, no, that's, that's bad for you. And then you're like, uh, uh-uh, it's not bad for me. And then what happens? It's bad for you. And you end up getting in the clink. <laughs> and then it's, but, like, it's like, it's like when we're kids, Yeah, it's like when we're kids, when our parents, we, we ask them for something, they're like, nah, you don't need that. And then we, we do whatever we got to do to get it. And then we find out like, yeah, this really wasn't all we thought it was going to be. This is kind of stupid. You know, we, we did all this stuff and then found out that it really wasn't all worth it. Yeah. <laughs> but they knew better. Our parents knew better. And God's that same reflection, that fatherly, that fatherly figure. He knows what's best for us. And when we, when we don't get it, sometimes we get mad at him, but he's got a purpose and a reason of why we didn't get that. Cause sometimes it's a blessing in disguise not to get what we prayed for. Amen. Amen. So when you first started performing, did you, um, do you remember your first performance? I remember my first ever performance. Yes, I do. I do. I was at, uh, I was at youth camp. Uh, so I was a youth leader for three and a half years, um, at the crossing. And, um, so I was out at the church camp one year and all the kids there, cause I was one of their leaders. They knew I rapped and stuff and they knew I kind of, I made music and whatnot. And they're like, they're doing a, they're doing an open mic karaoke thing tonight. You should see if they'd let you do one of your songs. And I'm like, let's see, you know, I'll, I'll try. I'll go talk to the the camp counselors. We'll see what we can come up with. So I go up there and talk to them. They're like, it's Christian music. Like, yeah. There's no cussing. I'm like, well, yeah, it's Christian music. I'm not cussing yeah. the song. <laughs> they're like, all right, let's do it. So I'm like, 
All right. We get up there and, uh, I've actually got a video. It's like one of the first videos on my Instagram right now. Um, I, it's, it's a group of kids and they're all just egging me on and they're standing in front of the stage. And I'm, I, I performed a song that I did with somebody else. I just did my, my hook and verse for them, but it was, uh, it was pretty awesome, man. It was because it wasn't just like a show where I went in front of a bunch of people that I didn't know all these kids, they wanted me to do this. They wanted me to get up there. They were excited. They egged me on, bro. It was, it, it was, it was a blessing for both of us. You know what I mean? And that made me love it even more. And, um, it's just, it's a difference between secular and Christian because when you're doing it, you don't mind if it's 50 or, you know, or 20, or if, if you're just doing it in front of your, uh, in front of your church, you know, it's, it's yeah. the, you're not just, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for God and, and God, yeah. God is pleased with, with, uh, the way you're throwing your bars down, you know, the way the beat goes, you know, it's a joyful noise and that's what you're yeah. doing. And, um, so, so doing that and, and feeling that, that the spiritual high after you, you, you went out through that, that youth, uh, open mic, uh, did you did you get that like that that overrushing feeling? You know, I gotta do this again. I I feel power. I oh, yeah. feel I feel like I'm drunk on the Holy Spirit. I'm I want to go do some more. So you started oh, yeah. building up, building up more and more. You start making your own music. You uh, you start going out. You start uh, collabing with people. You uh, with my good mm -hmm. friend Jonathan Woodward, which is Wood Word Rat. I said Wood Rat. He he's gonna get on <laughs> to me for that. He's because I, I mess with him all the time. I. I go, you should be called Wood Rat because you're from the woods. Yeah. <laughs> from the woods. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he, you know, he he's, he laughs at that. But you've done some collaborations with art, other artists. Do you, uh, you have music on all the, um, the streaming platforms. Yes. You know, uh, you're on, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook. You have all this. Uh, have you, have you seen the reach? Have, have you ever had anybody say, hey, your music had really touched me uh, at a point where I was. Yeah. yeah I've, um, I, I've gotten lots of friends of mine from my past and from current times who've reached out to me because of my music. They didn't even really knew I know I made music and they saw me on TikTok or Instagram or something. And then they went to my page and started listening to my music. And some of them are, are users uh, currently some of them were, were people who were in tough situations. And I've, I've gotten a lot of people where it's not, I can't say a lot of people, but I've, I've had multiple people who I know personally and some that I didn't know who reached out to me and were like, Hey man, your music, it, it really touched me. It's real. It's, it's, it's truth. Um, I felt that I related to it. Um, I've even had people tell me that, you know, they, they had thoughts and, and, and started listening to my music and, and it saved them that night, you know, and, and I give God all the glory for that. That's, that's not anything to do with me. And, um, it, it feels amazing to, to hear those things, but at the same time, we have to know that, that yes, God uses us as a vessel to reach them. And, and that that is something that we did that, that helped that person but that ultimately God gave us that gift and ultimately God led us to that position to do that for him. And it just, it just shows, and it, it's that you're happy because you're doing God's work and you know, it's working and you know, this is what God wanted me to do. He put me through that test. He put me through the fire. I came out a new creation. I came out clean 
And, um, you know, you knew you weren't the only one that was in that fire. You know, Jesus was in that fire. You were going through that trials and tribulation, you being uh, incarcerated. Um, that was all part of the plan to get you to to wake up and, and know that, hey, God loves you. God is here for you. Jesus didn't die on that cross to, to say that you're irredeemable. Jesus died on that cross to say, hey, I love you. I don't want to be without you. I want you in this kingdom. And I want you to to, yes. to be the, the the person that I know you can be because I, I I know every hair on your head. I know what you think. I know where you where you've been and and I I know where you're going. So you know, he's the, the great author. He orchestrated your life and and he orchestrated your death. Uh, you know, and and hearing your story, hearing your triumphs through your testimony, it just shows that anybody who seeks God, who seeks Jesus, who seeks the way to really complete your life can be changed for the good. I've seen murderers become prophets. <clears throat> Saul become Paul. You know, you, you've seen um, so many people. Um, so many people turn from from their life of the darkness, from the enemy, and and just just push away from that to go towards light because Jesus is the light that we all seek in this yes. darkness that is of the world. So um, we're getting close to the end of the show, um, D Rock. Um, what uh we have the song uh thirst that, that I'm gonna put towards for the end of the end of the show. Um uh, but, but before we get to that, is there anything you wanna say? Is there anything that God needs you to say to my listeners here? Because I feel like you have something bottled up that you need to let it out. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel it. Am I right? I was I was touching on that. So you you spoke at the beginning and you brought it up just a second ago about uh about Saul becoming Paul, and um, that's something that that I'm looking at. And and when other people are going through their life and they 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 come across this, okay, no matter where you've been, like you said, no matter where you've been, no matter where you're at, Saul was a murderer. He murdered families, Christians. I mean, he he went into their houses and killed them and murdered them. And he thought that what he was doing was right at that point in time. But God came, he had an encounter with God that forever changed his life. And that man ended up writing most of the New Testament, the Bible that we read today, the, all of Paul's letters to the church, that was written by a murderer. That was written by a man who God brought back from the dead, a man who everybody saw and feared and hated because they knew what he did and, and they didn't even want to accept him when he first came in, but there was no denying what God did in his life. And with that being said, no matter where, like you said, no matter where we're at, no matter how far down the hole we've gotten, no matter how far gone we think we are, we're never too far gone from God's grace. We're never too far gone from his love. He can lead us. He can guide us out. We just have to be willing to humble ourselves and take that hand. We have to be willing to understand that, that he does love us and that he wants what's best for us and, and submit into that authority and to that love. 
and, and following the plan that he has for our life. And, um, yeah, I mean, if I could share anything, it would be that it would be that we're, we're all in need of God's grace. Mm-hmm. Even me today, Amen. even me today, I mess up every day. I'm a dad. I work construction. I make music. You know, I make mistakes. I make stupid decisions. But at the end of the day, my relationship with Christ is, is where it stands. And when I make my mistakes, I, I lay them at his feet. When I make my mistakes and I, and I, I do the things that I do, I bring it to him. And I, and I think that's the way it's supposed to be. We're, we're never going to not mess up, but knowing that he's there for us, no matter what, he's not going to leave us or forsake us. And that if we ever bring anything to him, he's got us. All right. My comfort in amen. That. Amen. Amen. And you know what? I knew it. I knew you had something bubbling up, you know, and that's, that's that I couldn't put that in, a, in, in perfect words. You know, I couldn't do that better. Um, the Lord loves you for who you are. There, there's no, no doubt about it. Um, you're going through, and I just want to reach out to all the people before we go to listen to thirst. Um, you know, listen to D rocks music. Uh, you know, there, there's words in there. There's, there's comfort in there. There's, there's ways of that God has spoken through him to, to get to you. And, um, you know what he's got, I, I know you got some new music going. Cause I, I, you're like an encyclopedia. I know you got plenty of more music up in there. So, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more. Uh, if you want to, uh, contact D rock or listen to his music, you can go on any of the major streaming platforms. What's your, uh, Facebook? Um, you can find me on Facebook. It's D rock on Facebook, but, uh, it's easier to find me on Instagram. It's D rock underscore LMG. Just all one word, D-R-O-C-K underscore L-M-G. And um, on my page there, I have a little bio. And on my bio, there's a link to my flow page that has every streaming platform, links to my music videos, upcoming events. Um, we're planning on possibly going on tour this summer. Um, that, there's some big stuff coming, man. God doing big things. And uh, I can't wait to share it with him. So if anybody wants to check it out, they can go check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again, D-Rock, for being on the show. All right, let's get it going with Thirst. D-Rock from Illinois. Let's rock and roll. Sign up, children, we came from the dirt. Sign up, children, we came from the dirt. Yeah. Sign up, children, we came from the dirt. Place with our homies, end up on a shirt. Come with that piece, but they slangin' at work. They live in water, I'm gonna make crazy and thirst. Yeah. Get crazy and thirst. Yeah. Get crazy and thirst. Yeah. They treading that water, bro, belly afloat. They clutching that fire, but they don't want no smoke. When the king coming back, bro, that's all that she wrote. Yeah, that's all that she wrote. The goons, they be lurking with beans on the scope. The storm coming through, homie, hop in the boat. He come for the broken, we bringing that hope. Yeah, we bringing that hope for the ones in the street. The ones that be ducking and dodging police. Sell a base of some dope just to have something to eat. They don't know no better, we all pay a fee. The base of the dealer, we all just gonna see. It's all fun and games to you copping the plea. In front of the judge in that judgment seat. Aye. Sign them trenches, we came from the dirt Place with our homies, end up on a shirt Come with that piece, but they slangin' at work They live in water, I'm make quenching and thirst Yeah, it quenching and thirst Yeah, it quenching and thirst Yeah, it quenching and thirst that living water, homie, fill you on up. Come get a taste, man, we postin' the cut. We walkin' by faith, yeah, his name lifted up. When that head hit the water, new man coming up. Yeah, Hey, 
When they hit, hit the water, new man coming up. Yeah. Uh. When they hit, hit the water, new man coming up. No longer live by the law, we live by the spirit. I'm hoping they hear it. Was on the block, just a youngin' was thuggin'. Pray to God didn't think that he'd hear it. I'm a witness, been gifted by freedom from sin. I fell on my face, but I'm back up again. I came with a message, a blessing to tell all my brothers that the king coming back up again. Yeah. And every knee gon' bow, every tongue confess. Yeah. Hey. Say Jesus Christ is king, but this ain't no chest. Mm. Nah. Said we coming for the ops, but it ain't no flesh. Ooh. We roll with the spirit when you ride with the king. Yeah, them demons they fear it. <clears throat> Slime them trenches, we came from the dirt. Place with our homies, end up on the shirt. Come with that piece, but they slangin' that work. They livin' water, homie, quenching your thirst. Yeah, he 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 quenching your thirst. Yeah, slime them trenches, it came from the dirt. Yeah, we come with that piece, but they slangin' that work. Yeah, living water, homie, quenching your thirst. Yeah. All right, that is the show. Thanks to D-Rock, and that song that you heard is called Thirst. I want to thank all the new listeners to come in, the ones that think this is a Food Network show about learning how to make the perfect taco. I hate to disappoint because I cannot show you how to make the perfect taco through the audio presentation of a podcast, but I do have one thing, and that is the edification of Jesus Christ through the testimonies of my guest and my constant babbling. To all the listeners who just love the show, I know who you are because I have a specific set of skills, and that is through my social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, You know, if you like it, please follow, subscribe, and just enjoy all the testimonies that God has created. And you know what? Without all of y'all, I would just be talking to myself because you are and you will always be the sour cream on this taco supreme. I just want to take a big shout out to Covenant Life Church for letting me have the studio when I have my um, when I have my live guests on. I would like to personally thank uh, Chris Johnson, my producer, uh, always laying it down, laying the tracks quickly and professionally. I want to thank. All the Street Taco team, y'all know who you are, Uh, Filthy Rich, Aaron Kirby, Jonathan Coffee Man Douglas, him Barks for God, Dave Cruz, and all the other people, Jonathan Woodrat, the Word Rat, and everybody. So just want to give y'all a quick shout out. The Taco Cast family is in full effect, and we will get to you next time. Y'all have a blessed one. We'll see you soon. Don't have yourself a good day, Lucas. Have yourself a great day. I'm out.